Joining us on 5FM Extra Loud Mornings today to talk about body dysmorphia is qualified psychiatrist Dr. Yanga Tungana. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Good morning. And good morning to the listeners. Thank you for having me here. Dr. Tungana, how would you explain body dysmorphic disorder for those who don't understand what it is? Okay. So body dysmorphic disorder is a disorder where an individual actually uh, they have this preoccupation about this perceived or I would say imagined the image that they have uh, physical defects or flaws in how they look. Uh, but these flaws are not uh, so obvious to other people. Or even if they're there, they are slightly present as they are uh, shown by the person. So it's someone who's imagining uh, that they have a, a defect in how they look. Uh, often people think that they look ugly. They might not be happy with one part of their body. Uh, but in addition to this, uh, these people, they actually spend a lot of time preoccupied on this and they have what we call repetitive behaviors. So they engage in behaviors just to either to camouflage what they think is wrong. Mm. Either they spend a lot of time uh, looking at themselves in the mirror, trying to see uh, what's actually wrong and how is it wrong. And they spend a lot of time comparing their body parts to the people that they know. Um, either they often also seek a lot of reassurance to someone to tell them that you're actually fine, there's nothing wrong with you. But in addition to that, because most people do have a lot of, they, they have so many complaints about their bodies. Their insecurities, insecurities, yeah. Yeah, but in addition to that, someone must also experience some form of distress. So basically, uh, someone must be experiencing distress from what they think is wrong with their bodies. And, and often the people, they, they will try to do as much as they can to hide what they think is wrong, or they would avoid circumstances where people might actually they feel like people are, they are the center of their attention. So people, if for instance, someone thinks that uh, there, there's something wrong with their teeth, so they'll always be covering their teeth. So they'll avoid speaking in public, uh, they will not engage uh, in, in, in a situation where their teeth will be exposed. But also they themselves are often stressed by these thoughts because these thoughts are often uh, very much intrusive to them. So they can't really control uh, these thoughts they, that they're thinking about. Either they are wrong or something is wrong about them or a certain part of the body is actually not right. I think the important thing to take away here is that this the preoccupation and distress because a lot of us have oh, I'm, I'm fat, oh, my hair is funny, oh, my skin's bad. But it's that it's not constant and it's not causing distress. It's just like, ugh, I better wear a big jacket or, oh, my, I better loosen the whatever, put more makeup on or whatever the story might be. But that preoccupation, that inability to shake off the thought about how you look and how you perceive to others. Um, Doc, would you say that there's something traumatic needs to happen beforehand or something related to the appearance of a person for this to occur, or can it just happen without anything, without, without any related trauma? Uh, it's always difficult to say, but uh, it often, there is often, uh, it seems to happen in families. So there is a family, often people have a family history of someone who has suffered from something of this nature. So we think that there is a genetic predisposition to this. But in addition, it's people, it's people who actually have suffered some form of uh, environmental adverse effects uh, during their early years of life. So people who have experienced like traumatic events, uh, who were not cared for or neglected as they were young, but it's not very clear uh, what actually causes, tends to be the combination of 
this genetic predisposition in the environment that is not uh, favorable. You have a, an article in the South African Journal of Psychiatry that you did with Karis Moxley and Anusha Lachman uh, studying a, a young a young child, I want to say a teenager, uh, is, this, is this something that starts often from, from teen years or can it also start from well, in your 20s or your 30s or does it always start um, early on? Yeah, in, in the majority of people, it is essentially a, a disorder of that starts in childhood. Wow. So, so often the average age people start experiencing symptoms around 12 and 13 years. Sure. And then and then it becomes stronger and stronger as the time goes on. We're chatting to Dr. Tungana about body dysmorphic disorder here on 5FM Extra Loud Mornings. Uh, so far, we understand that it is something that is more than just being preoccupied with how you look, but it, there's also some level of discomfort and inability to, to shake the thoughts about yourself are a little bit, well, I would say more exaggerated to you than they are to anyone else. Doc, can you tell us what, what kind of treatment is there for, for something like this besides reassuring someone that there is nothing wrong with them? I mean, there must have, there must have to be some kind of protocol to, to help someone who's um, suffering with body dysmorphic disorder. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think before we get to treatment, I think people should acknowledge that with all these preoccupations that these uh, individuals are having, this is also associated with a lot of guilt, shame, uh, because uh, they have all these thoughts and they're often not really open in sharing them. Uh, they're often not really telling people that this is what I think about themselves, but you can notice from how they behave. Often they're also very sensitive to, to, to rejection, uh, so that's why they don't really disclose. As a result, these are the patients that are not going to come for, for, to a psychiatrist or to a counselor or to a psychologist and say, this is my problem, please help me. We actually find these patients going to cosmetic clinics, to dermatology, or for, for, because they think, okay, my nose is not right, can you fix my nose? Uh, my skin is not right, can you fix my skin? Uh, my breast, I don't look right, can you, can you fix my breast? And so they often come with those, with those complaints. They don't come saying, I am preoccupied, I'm stressed by this. They come complaining about a certain body part that needs to be corrected. Mm -hmm. And it's often those people who see them who actually have to realize that uh, it's not just the body part that is a problem, it's actually the thoughts that have gone uh, wrong. It's actually more of a mental illness than a disorder of physical appearance. In terms of treatments, um, there, is, uh, there is medical treatment for, for these uh, individuals, and then there is what we call uh, psychotherapy or psychological interventions uh, for treating uh, uh, the body dysmorphic disorder. It's a very difficult condition to actually treat because most of the time people don't think that they are suffering from a mental illness. So getting them to, to a psychologist or a psychiatrist is actually the first big step that one has to encounter. Um, but there is medication, often uh, antidepressants, uh, they, they, they work uh, in treating uh, patients with body dysmorphic disorder. And in addition to that, often people, they don't just have body dysmorphic disorder, they often have body dysmorphic disorder with depression or, or with anxiety, other anxiety disorder, or they're also struggling with other substances. By the time they come to you, it's often other things that they have in addition to their body dysmorphic disorder. Mm -hmm. And so actually have to treat those and the body dysmorphic disorder. And then psychotherapy is working, what we call a cognitive behavior therapy that is really mainly to uh, teach people how to think in a healthy way, basically. We're trying to correct uh, people 
you know, I think one of the key components is actually not to deny the patient's suffering. They are suffering. Uh, they are truly suffering. So you actually have to acknowledge the suffering. Uh, you don't necessarily have to agree with what they perceive to be abnormal, but you have to acknowledge that, sympathize with that, and work from that end. Uh, going forward so mm. so there is a uh, medical treatment that has been proven to work so so not sort of brushing it off and saying oh you're talking rubbish like you look fine uh, but acknowledging that there is something that they're going through yeah I, I imagine that that you would you would never get somebody to to go seek help or to to go to a psychologist if you brush it off and say that there's nothing there because you're diminishing the the pain that they're going through uh, Dr. Tungana, before I, I let you go, I think we need to just maybe summarize um, for people who think that they might have a loved one or they themselves might have a body dysmorphic disorder, how can we maybe do a quick check before we know whether we must go see um, see a, a psychologist of some sort? Yeah, so so the, I think the key thing is that uh, the main thing here is someone who at the center of their attention is this preoccupation about how they look. Mm. Or, or a certain part of their body looks. So this becomes the center of it and it drives their daily routine. So where they go, where they don't go is actually influenced by this preoccupation. So it's actually something that is, you can't ignore. It's actually in, in your face. They're no longer meeting up with friends. So you'll have to see the, a change of behavior uh, in addition to just a worry that my nose is not right. Yeah. Uh, there must be that but it must be pervasive like throughout the day, most of the days, every time. And uh, it must impinge on how they actually conduct their lives on a daily basis. Because it's something that can be treated. If not treated, it's often a chronic and it affects how the individual's functions going forward. 100%. Uh, Dr. Tungana, thank you so much for your time and for enlightening us on body dysmorphic disorder. I think uh, I've learned a lot. And actually, sadly, I think I know at least, at least two friends who who have it just based on our, our chat now. So hopefully other people have also um, learned and realized that they might have friends with friends or family members within their circle that might need to, to seek treatment or at least to know how to, how to approach them and not to say, oh, you look fine. Stop asking me all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they actually have to be sympathetic and, and understand this is not just seeking attention. Someone might actually be suffering uh, from a mental illness. Uh, so they actually need support because they tend to isolate themselves uh, because they feel like they don't fit in and uh, no, they are not really worth of their attention. So those feelings of shame and guilt and uh, not worthy of receiving uh, love and support. Uh, so they tend to drive people away. So actually people have to make uh, a decisions to support them because that's actually what they need uh, on a daily basis. Yes. Mm. So it's a good way to put it. Uh, Dr. Yanga Tungana, qualified psychiatrist, thank you so much for, for spending time with us on 5FM Extra Loud Mornings. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much.